we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Too long ago, I remember listening to a show with you, Nellie, I think Anthony, and Stefan, and you saw, uh, you guys saw a dog man that was, I don't know if you would call it ethereal, but it disappeared before your eyes. Wasn't that, y'all felt like it went into a portal. It just disappeared. Yeah, it wasn't a dog man, though. Uh, it, was a, it was a canid, but it wasn't upright, and it was just very weird looking. Um, and, and what's even weirder is we were talking about mandanimals. Mandanimals are Mandela effect animals. The Mandela effect, of course, is something we talked about on the show not too long ago. The Mandela effect, I don't know if anybody lis- listens to the podcast regularly. They'll know what I'm talking about. If not, go back and listen. It's about people and everybody having a mir- memory of something and it never happened. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking oh, yeah. about mandanimals, animals that people are, are seeing now. Uh, and everybody's like, where did this animal come from? I've never heard of this, never seen this. And it is it is very bizarre. Uh, but we were talking about it, and then we see this little creature, like, <laughs> and and if and like if if you're somebody who only listens to the podcast, which there are a lot of listeners to the podcast, there's more listeners, I think, to the just the podcast than the YouTube show. But if you go to the YouTube show, the live stream that Bettina's referring to. We do talk about this little creature that was jumping o- over bushes, and I got my truck up to, and I, at that time I had my Tundra, and I got it up to about 30 miles an hour. This thing was outrunning me. And then it turned back with its weird-looking head, and this oversized head that didn't look like it should fit on its body, but it did. And when it looked back, and it, it had green eyes. And then it ran into the darkness in front of this with the mansion. There's a lot of mansions in Austin. There's a lot of wealthy people here, but... And it's this very, uh, very affluent neighborhood, <clears throat> and it's and it, and it's about there by the lake, and it just disappeared, and like it was headed to that place, like it, it, that's where it went. And that you know, was terrifying. I mean, I heard that, and I was like, "Wow, that's crazy." Yeah. But I just wondered about that because it kind of made me feel like I know somebody on there. I can't remember if it was Stefan, but you, I think he said he thought it was going into a portal, but it just makes you wonder too. Where are they when you don't see them? Are they in another dimension? And what is the correlation? I know on um, a few shows that I've heard where it was talked about, I want to bring this up. Do you believe that, um, you know, there's people that say, well, there's a difference in dogmen and werewolves. Do you believe that werewolves are an actual thing? Or I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask that. you. <laughs> I was going to put you on the spot I, with that one. <laughs> I don't know what I feel about that it's because so it just depends. To, it, yeah. 
if you're talking about the Hollywood version of what being bitten or scratched by a werewolf and actually a human transforming from human form and going through that whole transformation and the bones breaking. And I just, I don't believe that. Now, from what I've heard, some people say um, that it's something that you're born, you're actually born a werewolf. I don't know how I feel about it. Now, I do know that I've heard cases in um, voodoo and witchcraft where there are people who say that they are able to shapeshift, shapeshift or transform into something else by that power, I guess, by satanic power. Well, if our world is, is like a lot of people say, our world is an illusion. And a lot of people in a lot of different religions and a lot of different beliefs, the devil Satan, uh-huh. you know, Iblis, whatever you want to call him, whatever religion, yes. um, whatever view you take on him, I mean, the evil one, whatever, is the Lord of Illusions. Um, he's the yes. father of lies, the Lord of Illusions. He can manipulate. And, and of course, you know, man, I'm about to do a show. I'm going to record pretty, you know, pretty soon. It's, it, it's, it's, uh, I don't know what we're going to name it, but it's basically glitches in the space time continuum where people see things that shouldn't be like one guy went out to go run. I'm not going to get into because one of the stories I'm going to talk about it and, and on there and he saw himself jogging and it was from the day before. Really? Yeah. I mean, it gets pretty freaky. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm trying to track this one guy down wow. and uh, he was, he was real big in the groups now and I can't, I can't even, I can't remember his uh, first name and I'm sitting there trying, I've looked and looked and I don't know if he's on Facebook anymore, but if you're listening, sir, please hit me up. You you fell asleep in class. You woke <laughs> up in a pod. You you know who you are. You're from the right. UK. Please hit me up. I'm trying to get a hold of him so I can wrap it up and then record that episode. But I got so many stories backed up. And if everybody that's out there listening, please don't give up on me. I'm trying to get to your stories. I just get half a dozen a day now. I mean, it's yeah. it's so crazy. I mean, I can't, you know, and 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 don't people always think, well, I have a story, but it doesn't really seem like don't do that. Don't do that. Let us be the judge because people will be sitting on a really cool story and they and they don't tell you because they don't think it's really, you know, noteworthy. And and well, so go Well, ahead. you get behind a lot of times and it's hard to catch up because sometimes you like you'll schedule with somebody and every now and then you'll kind of forget or kind of dub I've actually double booked people before and mm-hmm. like oh my goodness like and just so then you get times where you have a guest coming on, supposed to come on. And then at the last minute, there's a family emergency. And so all of a sudden they can't come on now. And you end up trying to scramble at the last minute to get a guest when you've already made announcements like you got a show coming tonight. So it's a lot that goes into this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get cold feet, too. I mean, I, I've got lots of people. I'm not saying everybody does this, but I, you know, I know that people will go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when the moment of truth comes, they, oh, guess what? Well, my aunt's, uh, you know, best friend's neighbor's dog, had, dog, you know, sitter had a cold and I had to go give him soup. Okay, whatever, dude, you know? And that's happened yeah. to me more times than I can count. And I'm like, so, you know, for me, I have a really good memory and, and I but I use notes, of course, but I, I do listen to people's stories like all the time and then I retell them. And there has been a multitude yeah. of people whose stories I've told, like on like on DER, like Phil Stern, he's one. I've tried to get him to come on and tell stories. I think he had an epic story, and I told his story. Um, and then you know, th- there's been several people that are, that are very prominent that we that we know that I've told their stories. Um, but but and the thing is, I I think those people could tell their story themselves, but I just they don't want to do it. Like Phil, like I, he's a prime example. It became a meme, and you know they're joking about it in our in our uh, fan book fan fan page. You know about how he you know it's a big joke. Like oh, he keeps trying to get Phil to come on. Well, I've told his story in my words, you know, the what he told me, but I want I want him to tell it. You know, and you can hear the the scare, the 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 fear in his voice, and whatever you know, the apprehension or yeah. whatever was there. You know, but he's just not really interested, and in, obviously, he's not really interested in telling it. And that's a lot of people. So it's so much easier if you're able to just, you know, what if they cancel, I can just tell your their story myself. Um, Absolutely. But you get this camp where they just want to hear the firsthand encounters, and I'll be real honest. A lot of times, you know, there's like I said, the show we were talking about earlier. People will go on there, and I just can't listen to them. I just cannot. Maybe they're telling the truth. Maybe they're not. 
but I just can't listen to them because that's just so hard to listen to somebody go. And then I was there and then, uh, well, you know, and if you had someone that narrated their stories correctly, you know, it would, it would be so much better. Sometimes people are really shy too. I've had a few people that were, they want to come on the show, but then they're hesitant. And then like for me, like, you know, I do the live shows. And so usually I'll have them on camera because for me, since I'm doing it on camera, I'm kind of shy myself. So I kind of like to have that interaction with them and, and just for them to feel more comfortable. Because a lot of the times for me, like unless they're doing it from their laptop and then looking at it on the phone, then it, it makes them feel better. A lot of the times, the first 10, 15 minutes after they get into the interview, they start to, you know, loosen up and get more relaxed. And they realize then at that point that it's not as bad and it's not, you know, you they can remain anonymous. And I always tell people, if you don't want to be on camera, then just keep your camera off. Or if you want to call in and have it done that way, that's fine too. But, you know, we're just regular people just like you. And, you know, people... More people need to feel comfortable when it comes to telling their encounters. But I think a lot of it comes from fear of scrutiny and ridicule because some people, and I always tell viewers and I tell the members of the group all the time, keep in mind that people don't have to come out and tell these encounters to you. And nobody's getting paid for this. Um, you know, especially the eyewitnesses anyway, they're not getting paid for this. So when they're not getting paid for it, nobody, and I'm not saying some people can't make up stories. I'm sure. Th uh, there's a few I can think of right now in my mind whose uh, uh, stories I think have actually made up. But I will say that nobody has to come out of their comfort zone to tell you their encounter and sit before a bunch of other people to deal with ridicule. And it's just, I don't know, there's like a lot of insensitivity when it comes to it. It's really important. But People are sharing what they have and sharing the best that they have a lot of times. And I just think that they don't realize how hurtful it is. But some people, some guests, I think just, um, I don't know, I feel like they would do better if they realized, I don't know, I think they're fearful of uh, ridicule. the ones who ridicule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's a big one. And, and, and another problem that... It, like I got a guy. This there's a there's a multitude of people, but this one guy in particular, he's got a really good story, and I told his story on DER, and he's there. There's a lot more to it, and I and he, you know, with this platform here, I told him he lives around here in Central Texas, and I said you need to come on the show. He goes, yeah, but I got a business, and I'm like, dude, you're not gonna, they're not gonna see you. You're just, it's just gonna be your voice, and all you got to do is tell them your name is, you know, Fontaine. You don't, you know, you. And he just, right. he's real apprehensive about doing it. And we've all, my whole team has tried to get him to, to come on and, and, and tell his story. It's really a, a, an amazing story. And the way he tells it is very good. He speaks well, um, but he's just not, doesn't, just doesn't want to do it. And, and so you lose a lot of good uh, material, you know, like that people that don't. So I'm glad that I'm able to, to re like tell people's encounters. And I've only had a couple people complain you know, about it. And, and, but, you know, for the most part, I've, I've had not too many people. Um, now I have left out certain details at times that I had to. And then there were other times when I've just forgot, like I literally was telling on the, the, the live stream the other night, I was telling the story and I left one of the, one of the parts of the story out. And when I got home and I looked at the notes, I said, Oh no, I just, that was a really pertinent part of it. And I just should, I should have done I should have like, you know, remembered it, but I didn't. And that happens once in a while, especially on the live stream. But, you know, for the most part, you know, when you go in and you're doing the recording for me, I'm, I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded, ready to go. The way you do your show is very like guest oriented. And that's hard to do on a weekend, week out basis because you, you're going to get some people that are going to flake, but you know, and, and there are particular people that we know, okay, that when somebody flakes or whatever, they'll do anything. They'll pull any kind of anything, you know, Oh yeah. to fill that slot. And that's why I didn't want to get into all that and always be dependent on somebody to tell me. I'd rather just collect the stories and go through and do it and tell them. Um, I had a lady recently send me some pretty good stuff. And I said, hey, can you tell these? Because there's a whole lot of different stuff. I would have to, to tell her story, I would have to start, I would have to tell um, UFO activity that she, she witnessed and then ghost activity. 
and it would all it would all kind of run to, and it would be like I don't know how I'm going to do it. It's so it's so vast. And but then when I asked her, hey, can you come on and tell? She's like, no, you tell it. And I'm like, oh god, you know, which I don't mind. That's fine. But it's I don't know how I'm going to tackle this. You know, it's kind of like you sit down to eat this <clears throat> this burger. And it's too big. You can't, it's like, how am I going to, how do I start? Do I cut it in squares? What am I going to do here? What am I going to, and, and so that, that's been a problem that I've encountered too, you know, and, and the whole, this whole aspect of this uh, phenomena in particular with the dog man, just focusing on that for a minute, you have a lot of people who originally were hostile to the whole idea of this being um, even the thing. And yes. if you talk to people, speaking of the UFO community, they want nothing to, a lot of them want nothing to do with it. But, you know, I, I've talked to many people from the UFO community over the last few years, and I've said, let me tell you something. And I've shown them encounters, cases, where there there have been dogman activity that's been around these things. And then I've had people, I interviewed a lady years ago where she said, well, I didn't interview her, but I, I worked with her and we talked to her, me and Scorpion. And she said, she told us that, She's like, what you saw was an alien. Like she told me point blank, what I saw was an alien. And I said, okay, look, I said, I don't really believe that that werewolf looking creature was an alien. Uh, I understand that you were an abductee of reptilian and gray, you know, encounters with these creatures. And I told her, I said, I respect that you, but she's like, no, that's a species of alien. There's other people, uh, UFO enthusiasts will tell you that that's a species, but guess what? Me and Jody had to talk about that, and Jody told me that, that there are people that believe like that. And he didn't say he believed it, but people had told him that before. And there's a couple other people who've, you know, we've heard this before, uh, and me and Barton had went back and forth about it because when I did the episode of Celestial Bigfoot, I brought it up to Barton, you know, in one of his books where there was somebody who had claimed that these, the Bigfoot, some of the Bigfoot were even uh, ultra-terrestrial, extraterrestrial, whatever you want to call it, piloting UFOs. And this particular woman, she says, no, there's people that will. So one of the women that she got me in touch with, uh, she's, she's, she's deceased now. Unfortunately, she was very old when I, when I met her. Um, I mean, like she was in her late seventies when I met her and she lived to be pretty, she was almost 90. Um, but we talked a few on a few occasions and I asked her about that. And I said, look, I'm really curious about one thing. And I said, I want to know what it is that I saw when I was 15. And when I began to describe it to her, she says, yes, that is a type of alien being. And she actually had, yeah, she actually had two encounters with these creatures. But, you know, the sad thing is I lost touch with her. And back then, like 20 whatever years ago it was, the you know, it wasn't like you just, cell phones weren't like what they are now. The social media isn't what it is now. And exactly. I lost touch with her. And when I finally did years ago, when I went to move, I found her number with the notebook in there. And so I called that number and it was, uh, it still was in service. And they, she said, yeah, my, my, uh, my grandma, that's my grandmother. She's in a nursing home. And but then when I tried to make the time to go and, and visit and just say, Hey, okay, I want get, to get, talk to this person. Um, and I believe that she was, she was still alive until almost 90 years old. She already had really bad dementia and she couldn't, uh, communicate with me anymore. There was no way I could communicate with her. Um, and she, so she had just kind of slipped away. But, but the thing is she did talk to me. We had at least three different conversations and I really never got around to getting the full, uh, meat and potatoes of her story. She was sort of like just telling me what she thought that it was that I saw. Then she went into her encounters of what she encountered. Uh, and from what she told me of the, of at least one one part of the encounter was that she said that they were like guardians. Like these things were like there with these grays. And that they were well, like. I, have, do I do I, have a question about that. What For the ones who you've talked to that um, believe that they are an alien species then what is their reasoning behind that? Well, I mean, because they, they've seen them, uh, you know, lurking around on, on, on craft, you know, when they've been taken in and picked up, you know, and, and, you know, and if you like, I, I really, when Jody was on with me, we did, I don't think we got into that part of it. And, and I, and I know that that was something that we said, Hey, we're going to do another one and we'll, we'll come on and we'll, 
we'll we'll eventually get to that. And and so I didn't get to get around to um that that uh what do you call it, ultra terrestrial theory that Jody had. Well, theory that had been presented to him. I don't you know, he never says, Hey, this is what I believe. But we talked about the uh the werewolf looking creature, me and him off off air, but we talked about it extensively. Um, about the werewolf looking creature in Star Wars and that, that, that Jody believed that Lucas had gotten the idea. Somebody had, had given him the idea from an actual real thing. It was a real creature. Right. And then there was this remote viewer who I'd spoken to and, and I don't know how much I believe of this. I mean, um, he's been right about a couple things, but he's also missed the mark too. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I talked with him and I don't know if I should say his name because I didn't ask him, but, um, anyway, he, I'll call him DC. He's a pretty cool guy. Um, but he did make a couple mistakes and he admitted it, that he was wrong. Um, but he did hit the nail on the head a few times. And when he remote viewed these things, he told me that he thought that they were a, a species from another world, but that they came through stargates into our world. Now, um, that's really interesting, but you know, when it comes down to it, like when it comes to Bigfoot and Dogman, it's already somewhat hard enough to get people to take us seriously in this. So we've already got the paranormal aspect, flesh and blood aspect, interdimensional aspect, and then when that gets lumped in there, then it starts to look, and I'm not saying because I don't know, like that's not been my experience, but I've heard that before. But then it's like the more that keeps getting lumped in or added on, the more and more crazier, like the people on, on the outside start to look at a, any of us, like who even um, do shows or even discuss this stuff. So it's like, I can kind of understand somewhat. Well, I guess sometimes people be like, you know what? Don't even bring that part up. Leave that out. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. because it's too, it, it's not like you hear about it, but you only hear about it kind of like, I guess where people would say like a cult following to a degree where you have like a few couple of different sects of people who actually believe that, but then you got, and it, and it comes crazy too, because you have the different factions attacking each other because of it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I had somebody message me telling me that I needed to stop talking about Dogman as being anything other than flesh and blood. And she was very serious about it. And she told me there was one particular researcher that she followed and believed. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure you probably know who I'm talking about. But anyway, um, mm -hmm. he, he actually believes that they're full, full flesh and blood creature. And he's going to uncover it one day and prove that they're a species of und an undiscovered species and he's got a, a a goofy friend that actually built a group for that um the thing is <clears throat> about those people they're very close-minded and they have an agenda when they go on to anyone's show they're going to tell you in the, the encounters that they got they'll tell you they're going to only tell certain parts of it that's it and they're going to leave out all the other yeah they're going to leave out all the all, anything spiritual because they they will not tell you the full uh, scope of it. And, and that that's a problem for me because no matter how weird it is, no matter how out there it gets, if this is what the person says happened, then that's, that's what you need to talk to tell. Because when exactly. you go through and you cherry pick through somebody's story and you go, well, here's what happened. And, and, and then you mm -hmm. leave out all this other, then that's not really what happened. And you're telling oh, it yeah. completely out of context. And, and that happened to me. I started encountering that, and then, of course, these people, <clears throat> this particular researcher, who, as far as I know, that's all he is, is just a is just a, a researcher, and he started picking fights with people in the cryptid community who actually came down on him and told him, look, dude, uh, as far as we're concerned, Dogman's not really a cryptid. And I kind of seconded that, and then I got some people throwing, throwing uh, shade on me going... Oh, well, how can you sit there and say, you know, that, that this isn't a cryptid? I'm like, because I don't believe it's an undiscovered animal. I don't think you're ever going to discover this animal. It is not an animal. First of all, in my opinion, it absolutely is not an animal. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just too, uh, got too many human-like properties to it. There's no animal that looks like us other than prim yeah. primates. You know what I mean? Bigfoot. Yeah. You can say that that's a throwback, a hominid. I totally agree with Ken and, and some of my other friends about that. But 
So you saying you don't think it's an, a, a natural? You don't think it's a regular animal at all? No. You think it's mm. not. So you think it's a nephilim? You think it's a supernatural? I do. Being? Yeah, I do. I do. But and I, but I do also wholeheartedly believe that they can be physical, that they can manifest themselves as physical, and I think mm-hmm. they can they could throw a chair at you. I think they could attack you. I think they could hurt you. They have, and, and but people say, well. You know, how is that possible? We'll go back and listen to the Brazilian exorcist. That was one of the episodes I covered. This this uh, spirit, whatever, was literally attacking these people. These entities can attack you. I mean, oh, they, yeah. they can literally squeeze your, your body and, and cut you and do all kinds of things to you. And everybody's just like, oh, well, how can you believe that? Because that's what these things are, you know? Now, the nature of them is bizarre, to say the least, but, I mean, if, if something steps out of another dimension, which is something that we can't seem to grasp, and, and that, to me, it really makes people look very ignorant when you don't understand that there are so many different dimensions. There's 11, you know, if, if you go by string theory, 11 dimensions in this one particular universe, which it, I believe we belong to a multiverse, it's an infinite number of possibilities. These things could be coming from who knows where. And and their their world could be a higher density than ours, and and they can do things that look like magical things, when really it's just a type of science that we're, we we're not acquainted with. And I believe what's happening is misidentification of these people thinking, oh, these things are, you know, they're animals. Well, my former co-host years ago, you know, we we had talked, you know, years before we started the podcast, we had started corresponding. And one of the first things that we talked about was the nature of these things. And he believed that they did come from somewhere and that there was a group of them and scattered throughout the earth and that they had had bred in little groups, you know, these, and, and they had become completely physical because they stayed here, you know, for an extended period of time. These, these ones that pop in and out of reality and all that, I mean, that, that to me is their true nature. And I think that yeah. these other ones just kind of like, like if, if, if you and I went to a mission, right? Let's say that you and I, and, and we picked two or three of our friends, like we took Brian Bowden, he's cool, you know, and we'll take Barton Nunley and we'll take Vault, okay? And we all just get in a spaceship and we go and, and fly to, you know, Mars, okay? And then we end up going, oh, crap, we're stuck here. We can't get back. We end up stuck there, you know, and it's me, you, Nelly, and a few other people, right? We're all just trapped there. Well, we, we have to make our own way. We become a colony. Um, years and years go by, right? And and our our descendants, you know, say we have descendants or whatever, um, they they don't know, like, where they came from. Like, the, the, the stories of their uh, inception, like, their how they were conceived and how they came to be, they're not even going to know. They're going to make up myths and the stories as, as time goes on and on and on. They're not going to know anything about their origin, and then, you know, they're not going to have, and they could be very primitive because that technology that got us there is lost. So what they're going to remember or know is that um, our our ancestors came from the stars. They came from the sky and they ended up here on Mars. And they're going to be like, you know, now we're this lost colony of people, but, but, but there's a bunch of us now and we don't remember that where we really came from. Um, and the actual, say there's an actual inhabitant there that looks completely different than us. Say they look like octopuses. And when they encounter one of us, they're like, whoa, what is that? And they freak out and they're like, uh, um, but then there's others from our, our home world that, that continue to come and show up. So these octopus looking people or squid people, you know, when I say cephalopods, cause I think they're pretty <laughs> smart, they, you know, so we say the cephalopod right. people that they're going like, well, there's these ones here that are very primitive and that are running through the woods, you know, and then there's these ones that oh, yeah. show up out of nowhere, you know, because say we have the, the ability to uh, warp space and time through quantum physics and then we are walking, our, our, our relative people, they're walking in and out of these stargates and they're freaking out these cephalopod people and they don't know what to think because to them that looks like some sort of magic and then they're, of course, they got this relic population that showed up during the space crash that happened hundreds of years before, you know, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wanted to go on your Nephilim theory. Like I kind of go along with you on that too, because if you think about it, like a lot of people don't think about this, um, like just for alone, like Genesis six, when it was saying that, um, when 
when he created when the flood came, he didn't only just destroy the the half human, half fallen angel giants. He also it goes on to say, I will destroy man who I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I'm sorry that I've made them. Well, why would he be sorry that he had made these animals? Because the animals haven't done anything. But according to the book of Enoch, which goes in greater detail into Genesis 6, there were abominations that were created by those fallen angels um, procreating with these animals. So if you have a fallen angel having sex with a human and that result of that is a giant or superhuman, then what are you going to get? You're going to get the exact same thing when you cross a fallen angel or Nephilim along with an animal. That's what I get out of that because when you see these things in Greek mythology or um, Greek mythology, you got the satyr. And I think the book of Isaiah even mentions the satyr. And I brought this up on your show when I came on live with you. Um, the book of Isaiah brings up the satyr. And then you got dragons in there. And there's a whole lot of other things, too. They're just like when the serpent that came and um, was supposed to have deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden. Well, if the serpent originally, its curse basically was that because of what it had done, it was cursed from that point on to crawl on its belly for the rest of for the rest of its days. So that means at some point the serpent or the snake is walking around. Yeah, it was walking around. So you got reptilian right there. Mm -hmm. It's just so many different things with it. And then you got goat man today. So goat man, half man, half goat, satyr, same thing. And if you believe in the Bible and it says there's no new thing under the sun, then that Mm -hmm. means that these things have always been around for thousands of years. Now it did also go on to say that um, there were giants in those days and also after that. So yeah. not all of these giants were died off during the fluid. Yeah. And then it talks about mighty men, men of renown, which I think is like Hercules and Thor. They sound exactly. like comic book characters now because we've made them into, but that, no, they were real. And yeah, and I've had people. Yeah. I mean, you know, years ago, people, I would say that and people go, you're just crazy, man. You're, you're, you're stupid, man. You're, you know, and these people that would, would tell me this probably had the IQ of a cantaloupe. I mean, um, and, and I would tell them, well, maybe I'm just so far ahead in my thinking that you can't wrap your mind around what I'm trying to tell you because I've stuck by my guns and I took an enormous amount of pressure and heat from, from these, uh, flesh and blood groups and, and of whatever. And, People, Bigfoot community attacking me for my dogman beliefs and research, UFO community, the ghost community. But I think of all the communities, though, the spirit community with the ghosts, they understand a little bit more because they look at everything from a spiritual standpoint. Um, So the spirit world is very vast, and and we are just uh, spiritual beings having a physical experience, not the other way around. Exactly. And a lot of the paranormal shows now, they will uh, review some of these Bigfoot and Dogman video evidence on their channels and stuff. Now, they're more open to it. Now, if you consider a lot of times when it comes to Bigfoot and Dogman, I have heard a lot of cases about like orbs being seen around them. UFO sightings and stuff like that happening, lights in the sky, like that case. I think it was Palmyra. I don't know what state that that was in. This was on, um, what was that show? Paranormal Witness. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was like season three. And that family that had the six dog man. Up in Maine. Their property. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it started with now, a ball of light. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That and and that's very, the Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, if you... The, mm-hmm. the orbs, they were constantly seeing orbs, and then they ended up eventually seeing this dog man basically up in a tree. I mean, and they there was reptilian-looking tracks and all kinds of different, you know, just a whole bevy of different things that were going on there. And when you start to look at, like, all the different evidence that we that we have, you know, that we can produce, um, you, you know, it, it seems like it creates more questions than it gives answers but I think if we if we really tried and we all worked together as a community, and I don't mean the dogman community, the Bigfoot community, the UFO community, I think if we all looked at this thing, is it's all relative. Uh, and but I think yeah, what you all get information out on the table. Yeah, I think that's why Nick Valente created Quad Coalition of Sciences. I mean, because he was trying to to get to the bottom of it. Um, you know, and 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 I applaud him for that. I don't know that we ever will, but I do. I do feel like I have a pretty good grasp 
on what my theories are, but I'm not, I'm not going to say I can, I can't prove any of it, but I think I know, you know, like I really believe like Genesis six, let's start there. Okay. And, and, and the book of Enoch is really just the long version of Genesis six. That's really what it is. And I think that, yeah, the, and the, 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 the flood I think was at the end of the Dwarpa Yuga. And I believe it, it ties into the Hindu belief of the Yugas. And I believe that we're in a time of destruction called the Kali Yuga. People say I'm crazy. They say, Oh, how can you be a Christian and believe like that? Because that those religions were around a lot longer than Christianity. But I believe that the Jesus came down for a reason. Just like I believe the flood happened for a reason. And and right. I think that these fallen angels were doing science. I think it was black science. I don't think it was anything magical in the way that we would think of as magic. I think what they did was they they crossbred things that they shouldn't have been doing. Um, they were trying to build workers, mm-hmm. I think, you know. And I don't think that they were uh, God or gods. They they were a type of God, like a like small g. Right. But they they definitely weren't God, the Almighty God. Um, but I think that they were doing what whatever it is that they felt like they they were you know that they wanted to do, and eventually they paid the price for it. Um, and of course, they're they're locked away. The fallen are, but their descendants oh, yeah. is who we're dealing with. The descendants of these fallen angels. Now, this isn't the rebellious angels either. They were here before even the fallen angels. What you're dealing with. Typically, is when demons and all these other are, are the descendants. These are the Nephilim and their descendants. So you're talking mm. multi-generations of, of, of demonic entities because it says that they will be evil spirits for all time. <clears throat> and that they will be here as long as the earth shall endure. Well, what are you saying is the difference? Are you saying that there's a difference in the Nephilim and the giants? What, or are you saying that there's two different? Can you explain that? Well, what I mean is like the, the the Nephilim, it's a very vast, it's like um saying demon or jinn or whatever. There's a very vast terms, you know. When you when you talk about these different entities, you can't just use a catch-all term that to describe all of them. Just like the word cryptid. I mean, it's gotten so weird, like it's out there to where anything that's weird, that's flesh and blood, is now considered cryptid. When in reality, a crypt cryptozoology is is this is about the discovery of 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 uh, unknown species that, that actually physically exists in this world, which is what led I believe my friend Ken Gerhard to say that Dogman isn't technically a cryptid. Now, while it's interesting, and you know he believes that that exists because there's just too many people who've seen it. You know, you're, I, he doesn't believe you're looking for an undiscovered species of animal. Neither do I. Um, you know, me and Lon Strickler have the same view. Me and Nick Redfern, we all have the same view. I mean, we all you know, have this same, uh, you know, view and, um, Nick Valente, take him, for example, we we're talking about him earlier. Uh, I mentioned Nick because Nick had a physical, what he thought was an encounter with a physical being, but he doesn't discount that this thing could have been metaphysical and that the things that, that, um, you know, these, these entities and things that people see, um, you know, how do you explain those? Like, you can't just, just throw out those cases because they don't fit your narrow-minded narrative. And Absolutely. Nick, Nick, I think, understands that. And, yeah, and, and you do, too. You grasp that or you wouldn't be here, you know. But, but they, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people who just – they that want to pigeonhole this into a – it's some sort of undiscovered species. Now, why on earth would that be? I mean, you know, it just – unless it's like I said – a relic population somehow came over, you know, somewhere and they just ended up here and then they began to breed. That could be one explanation. But as far as like something that uh, evolved here, or um, if you want to be from the Christian camp, um, they, they, they don't call it evolution. They call it adaptation, something that adapted, you know, it's very hard to take. I really just have a hard time buying that theory. I just don't really, and from what I've heard and seen, there's just been too many reports and too many people who've looked me dead in my eye and said, look, I saw this thing, you know, vaporize from my eyes, dematerialize. I saw this thing appear in our bedroom. I mean, I did one show called The Serbian Werewolf. It's go way back in my archives. Um, I think it's from 2019. And, and you know, The Serbian Werewolf is a case where you had a, like a chambermaid. Uh, she was a, a, a lady that worked there. She, but they, they, they live there on the property and they work there. It's like a big manor. 
and she was walking up the stairs with the with the the, the linen, and this thing came out of a hole. Um, and I believe the portal looked green, if I remember correctly. And she came out. It, this thing came out, and it was halfway in, halfway out. It looked like half a werewolf, and it was trying to grab her and pull her into this portal. That's I mean, crazy. can you imagine the terror? I mean, this woman. When we tried talking to her over Skype, it was like she was talking so fast, and then the, the the lady that was trying to translate couldn't even keep up with her. And and me and my brother were sitting there trying to listen to her, and she was just like hysterical. And it was talking something that had happened two years before, and she was still just hysterical about it. And she just I couldn't we couldn't keep up with her, you know. And then the reception was bad, and so. But anyway, we we the it changes your life, yeah. It does. It absolutely does because. After I saw what I saw and I knew that it was real and I knew that what my great aunt was always telling me about, it really happened. You know, she talked about the Cadejo. Now, let's take a look at that. Do you know what the Cadejo is? I've heard you talk about it before. That's a werewolf, um, I believe you said. like that. It's a black dog. Okay. Now, the black dog, it's like a curse. Now, what this thing does is, this is a story that she had from when she was younger. They were all working in a cotton field. And this woman had cheated, uh, had a husband that was cheating, and she was celoso, you know, as they say in Spanish, celoso, she was jealous. And so she went and she she went to a uh, bruja, which is a witch. Now, Nacolandera is a healer, a bruja is a witch. She went to a bruja and she said, hey, you know, I want to do something about this. Uh, my spouse, you know, he's cheating, you know, my, my husband, you know. Okay, we'll send something out there to deal with this person. So... What ended up happening was the the and this is what's weird. The first thing that, that that happened was that woman she couldn't curse her, um, because first of all, that woman was protected. And it turns out now this is what's really messed up. That there, there's a reason why she was protected. I'll get to that in a minute. So, so she said, "I can do this to your husband, but I can't do it to her for some reason. She's protected." And this woman said, okay, go ahead. And her husband was baracho, as they say. She, he was a drunk. And he was mean, and he was he was abusive, and he cheated. And so she said, okay, you know what? I need It needs to be him anyway. He's the one that needs to pay for this. So they send this guy that hole. And so one day in the summer when they were out chopping cotton, this thing comes running out. And these were all – it was a Latino community, and, and they chopped cotton in the summer. My mom chopped it, too. It's what they did in my hometown. It's what everybody worked out there. And this uh, this dog – comes running out, huge black dog, shaggy, foaming at the mouth, and runs up to this guy. When he goes to get a drink of water, he's away from the rest of the group. They always wait until they're away from everybody. And it starts to maul this guy. And everybody's running up going like, oh, my gosh, this dog is killing this dude. He's dragging him across the field. When everybody gets close enough to get a good look at the thing, then the thing runs off and goes back out into the tree line and vanishes. The workers had thrown you know, uh, stuff, at, you know, weapons and tools at it to try to get it away from the guy. And they thought, oh, man, this guy's mangled up bad. Well, when they all go over to look at the guy, there's not a mark on him. Then the autopsy reveals, the coroner says he died of a cardiac arrest. His heart just stopped. But they all seen that. So but they all saw it. Yeah, 30 people saw this. <laughs> okay. And you're sitting there going like, now this, of course, this happened back in like the 30s or 40s, something like that. It was a long time ago. Um, this particular story that was told to me. And, and, and so this story has been passed down, you know, and, but here's the, here's the rub. The reason that, 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 this is the sad part. The reason that that woman couldn't be cursed, the bruja told her she didn't cheat with your husband and she's a Christian God, godly woman. She's covered. Yeah. So she was covered according right. to the bruja. She says, I can't do anything. And if I send this, the, the cadejo will come for me. And so she said, I got to send it somewhere. So she sent it to the, the woman's husband. And then the woman got angry and said, I didn't want you to actually kill my husband. And I don't know the whole story. But anyway, all this stuff went down. And so she ratted her out as a witch. And then she got chased out of town. And then the woman that, that went and had this done, she ended up dying in a horrible accident. I actually have heard of what you're talking about before. And I've heard of this type of thing happening with um – like voodoo practitioners and witch doctors and stuff like that, like in African cultures and stuff like that. And some of the shamanistic and some of the native cultures here as well, when it comes down to it and they, um, especially like the African culture, some of the people, some of the videos I've actually watched where they sent some type of uh, satanic powers 
out to try to take out a certain person. But when that evil spirit got there to try to take them out, they told they it came back to that uh, voodoo practitioner and told them, I can't, there's nothing I can do. I was sent back. I have no authority to do anything to them. Mm-hmm. They're covered. They basically are pretty much, I guess, have favor in God's eyes, or they are basically uh, found without fault, basically. Yeah. Or what they would even, um, I think they were calling it, they had a bright star. I guess maybe an aura The white light, them. yeah. Because yeah. The, the, these parasites yeah. that attach themselves to people like Jason Bland, when we talked on the show about when he came on my show, he, it, it's called Stalked by Shadows. I mean, he was, had, when he, re, when we eventually saw what it was, just, just to let you know, folks, it was it was terrifying, and, and, and it kind of pertains to what we're talking about. If you guys go back and listen, if you haven't heard the Stalked by Shadows of Jason Bland, oh, yeah, this, the, the last episode in particular, he, he goes, it, it, he talked about what he saw what it, when it revealed itself to him. I'm not going to get into it right here, but, you know, these things, um, they can attack you, and what they do, I have a friend who's a shaman. He's a Buddhist shaman. I know a lot of shamans, but he's a Buddhist in particular, and he says that these parasites will attach themselves to you, and they'll eat your white light. They will literally yes. destroy it. And and once they tear down that barrier, um, folks, if you just were to close your eyes and envision yourself shrouded in white light, you would be shocked at what they could do. It's like taking a UV light to, 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 to bacteria. I'm not joking. Yes. It can literally cleanse you. Yeah. But Tina, you know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking mm-hmm. about because they were actually saying that um, some of those spirits would come back and report to them about how some people's star was dim or or whether it was really bright and that they had no power over them. But they all they could do was like at times they would say that those people actually had like a guardian type angel standing outside of their homes or um, authority over their homes in order to like protect their household so that no harm could come to them. Now it's very interesting. Like when you get into that, because it just lets that stories and then um, situations like that, it just lets you know that there are guardians out there and that there are people who are, I guess have, I don't know to say more favor. I think God loves us all, but then you still are held accountable for what happens to you. It's just really interesting when you get into it. Um, but it still all comes back to like, kind of like what you were saying before, Josh, like when it comes back to that, um, the Nephilim theory coming back to, um, I don't know. It's it's really deep. It's like a rabbit hole when you get into research and stuff. Well, if if you go into the Nephilim theory, everybody always says, Oh, I don't want to hear about the Nephilim with Bigfoot. There's, there's a lot of people who don't want to hear that. Um, and, and, and unfortunately that's kind of where it leads because, I believe that there was a lot of genetic tampering. I don't believe that it was like them actually mating with animals because I don't believe that that could really happen in the way that we that we know it. But genetic manipulation, oh yeah, it'd be very, very simple for these beings to do these things. Um, that's why alien abduction happens. I mean, you know, they're they're, they're gathering material and they're they're using people. And I believe that uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, these these Nephilim, I mean, they're they're spirits now. They just don't have bodies, but I believe that they some of them can. And if we go back to where they originally came from and their origins and their their fathers, you know, that that did what they did, we you know for the place that they come from. We're talking about like the Anunnaki. You know, if you get into the whole Anunnaki, you know, they were giants, and where they come from is a different place, you know, and we looked at them as gods because they towered over us and they did create us. You know, a lot of people believe this is what some people believe. I'm saying everybody, but you know, but there, but I don't, you know, people always tell me, well, if you believe that you don't believe in God, that's not true. I still believe in the one true living God and his son was Christ. And I totally believe that he was sent here to pull us out of this uh, misery that we call life. Well, even he said that there were other gods. He was said there's you should not have any other and the gods before gods me. Yeah, before me. Mm-hmm. And the Elohim is gods, just don't worship them. Exactly, and you're not supposed to, not even really supposed to entertain them. And and the thing is, the Elohim, which is interchangeable a lot of times in the Old Testament, and if you go back to the show I did with Paul Wallace. You know, we we did Bible theology. We actually talk about it. And Paul Wallace and I, and I it's unfortunate because we're supposed to have a three parter and we missed an hour. But we got we did a two parter together. And one of the things that we touch on 
the, the is the Elohim in the translation. It's like not the same. Um, his channel is called the fifth kind. You can go in a lot of really cool information on there. And he has a lot of cool guests on there. He had Whitley Strieber. I mean, the, the, he's got like a lot of cool stuff, but Paul, Paul's a very, very well uh, versed guy. And, and he, he has a lot of good information and we talk about how the translations are not correct from the Old Testament. The Elohim should not be translated as Yahweh. There's two different things. And then, you know, why does God seem to change in the Old Testament, you know? And there's a lot of Christians and Muslims who are just, they're, they're going to fight with you tooth and nail and then tell you you're going to go to the, the H-E double hockey sticks because you don't believe like they do. And they honestly, totally 100% believe that, 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 um, that the God of the Old Testament, all the way through the Old Testament, all the way into the New Testament, is 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 the same God. When Jesus clearly makes a distinction, you know, when he starts talking to the Pharisees and saying, "Your father is not my father, your father is Shatan, and you're of the synagogue of Shatan," and he he says that, and he and he you know refers to himself, like he starts. To, it's like he changes when he leaves, and when he comes back, he's two different. It's not two different people, but he's not preaching from the Torah anymore. It just, it, he is, he is like preaching the gospel, the word, and he's gone for 20 years. We don't know where he went. Well, I, I feel like I know where he went. I feel like he went all over the, he went to the Silk Road. He went all the way to the to Japan and back like and everything in between. And I think that when he died, I think he even went to Mesoamerica. I believe that there is legends of him. I believe that it got twisted up, but I believe that he tried to appear to them. And I believe that he went to all the peoples of the world to show himself. Um, that's just what I believe. Now, a lot of people are going to say, oh, that's crazy. I don't believe that. But when you start to look at the evidence of, of why all these different cultures, they all seem to have a common denominator, like a common ancestor. You know, if you look at the Egyptian pyramids and then you look at the ziggurats of the Mayans and the Aztecs and you look at everywhere you go, you got pyramids, the Cahokia, you got all these different, why are there so many pyramids? There are pyramids in Croatia. Yeah, you know, people don't know that there's more um, pyramids in the Americas than there are in Egypt. Exactly. A lot of people don't realize. <laughs> yeah, these mounds, and and people don't realize that. Now, why? You know, it, it just I think we all came. We had a common, um, common past, and I believe that we all came from the same religion at some at one point. We were all, and it, it got fractured. Our past was fractured, and we don't really know. You know, we're like those people I was talking about. If we all ended up in Mars and, and our descendants would not really know, they would just make up legends about and bits and pieces of what's been passed down. And then others will get a hold of that because they want power and they'll change it and twist it to make to fit their narrative, which is what happened with the Bible and the Quran. And people who were in charge said, hey, we're going to use this and, and we're going to take the parts that we like. And Old Testament was in particularly. Uh, appetizing to the leadership because that's what became the code of Deuteronomy. Um, and the code of Deuteronomy is basically like the, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, they took out parts that they liked and said, Ooh, this fits good with what we like because it's, it tells you don't rebel, don't do this, don't do that. And don't eat this and, and don't you know eat what? that. You can control people like that. And you know what? There's a lot of people, a lot of Christians don't even realize that we get the 10 commandments, but there was, I believe like over 600, there was more than 10, but a lot of people don't even realize that there's a lot that's been taken out. Yeah. And, and, and there's so many, and you know, like the original, like in the Quran, it's supposedly, you know, that Muhammad was originally told that you have to pray 500 times a day. And then there was like a negotiation that went on and they, they said, Oh, you only have to pray five times a day. Um, you know, and I have a friend who's Muslim. Stefan, you were talking about him earlier. We were talking about him when we saw that weird creature. Um, you know, he, me and him argue back and forth about that. I said, that is man's word. And I believe that with the Bible and with all these other religions, it's, it's man's word just saying, hey, this is what, you know, and it says, oh, because God said so, because this man wrote that God said so. It's it's a very simple formula. I, you know, I could make up a book and and put parts in there that I want to be, you know, Hey, this is the important stuff. Um, this is what God said. Well, it's what God said, according to Josh Turner, that's not necessarily what God said, but that I believe is what happened in a lot of these religions. And I think that man just got in there 
and they tweaked it and messed with it and said, you know what, we're going to do this and we're going to do that because, and we're going to take, and we're going to focus on certain parts that are going to help us, that are going to give us power, make us rich and da, 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 da. And, and I believe that that's what a lot of, a lot of what went on. And I have listeners that have dropped out and they've told me point blank, they just cursed me out, you know, basically I'll never listen to you because you, you believe in this book of Enoch and you all this and that. And I'm like, well, you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Well, Jesus references it. Go look it up. So, I mean, you know, why, why is it not in the Bible? Because those people who had a vested interest in controlling your mind and your spirit, you know, basically took it out because it didn't fit the narrative. And when you look at this dog man thing, what is happening with the physical camp, what I am seeing is is more so from their end, um, is that they are taking out the pertinent part. part they're, they're, they're pulling large chunks of information out and trying to throw it out because it doesn't fit their narrative. Because their narrative is that this is an undiscovered species of animal type thing, which I don't know how on earth that could possibly be, but they, they think that. And that one day we're going to discover it's going to be, you know, it's going to come out. That, and now that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And even if they do find it, I just, I still not going to agree that it's some sort of undiscovered animal species because I don't think that's what it is. I well, mean, I have a question for you. Um, just, you know, you're talking about undiscovered species with Melba Ketchum's research. I know when I had chatted with her, she said that she believed that they were part human, part animal and part un- unknown. What do you think that that unknown is? And have you spoken to her at all, ever? And what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I've corresponded with, with Melba. We haven't spoken on the phone, but we have corresponded to large texts, you know, that we've... But, and, and she she's very controversial in her view, in her views or whatever, but I, I, I do believe it's hard to sit here and say I take a stand one way or the other because... I would have to speak with her more, like, and actually talk to her and, and speak with her. And, and, and I haven't actually spoken to her on the phone. So I can't really, but you know, I do, I do think that her research has some merit to it, but you know, there's so many people that are aligned against her because they have a vested interest in trying to keep, uh, keep that information not under lock and key or wraps. I don't know how you say it. Like, like even if they knew there, there are people out there that even if they knew that that was a hundred percent, the truth, the, the absolute unadulterated truth, they would still be against it. They don't want that coming out. They don't want that to be the case and they'll do anything to keep it from being the case. And I'm talking like the Bigfoot people and the Dogman people, they're not going to be okay with that. Um, they don't want to believe that there are angels. They don't want to believe that there's demons. A lot of these people just want to believe that the earth is um, just a certain way and the Bigfoot is just out there. You know, he's just an undiscovered species and that's it. I mean, that's case closed. And you have a, a, a large uh, a, a community of that too. And I believe that Melba's run afoul of that, you know, and, and she's she's been kind of uh, ostracized, you know, kind of, kind of cast down. Do what? And that's what I heard. You know, she's doing her own research. She told like, when I had messaged her before, she was telling me that she was still in the process of continuing the research, and she didn't want to go too deep into what she had found. Like she did, just say that she did believe that there were nephilim. Um, she didn't go into. And somebody had asked me, "Well, how can somebody say that they believe it's nephilim? Does you know?" Is there somebody who's got a Nephilim somewhere in a lab? They're actually able to test it. What does Nephilim DNA look like? So it's like you just can't win for losing sometimes. But I really feel like um, there's something to it. Uh, I don't know. I and mean, I know we haven't discovered all the animals that are here on Earth. I mean, it took forever for them to even find like the panda and the um, was it silverback gorilla. And, mm-hmm. I mean, so we understand that there's animals out there that just haven't been discovered, but I believe that our government has known about Dogman, Bigfoot and all these other things that are out there for a long time. It's written into some of the laws. I know New York state and I think Washington state actually have it in their laws that it's illegal to kill a Bigfoot. Now, if that wasn't something that they even believe was real, they wouldn't have wrote that. That is actually in their laws. They just don't make that public knowledge for everybody to know that. They already know that these things exist, and I believe that they do have some of these things dead and some alive 
in labs. I mean, in laboratories or deep underground military bases, but they definitely have these things. They definitely know about them. They definitely have their DNA on file. And I really seriously think that when it comes to a lot of the times when the people who have killed one of these creatures, there's government ag- agencies or some secret agencies that come in, black op- operation people that come in and take these bodies away. They know about these things and it's never going to see the light of day. They don't want it to see the light of day. They don't want this stuff to come out to the public. And, you know, what do you think? And that's just an example of this right now. And this is my belief and I may be totally wrong about it, but just like that, those people, Josh, that were killed in Cock County, Tennessee, what do you think about that situation? <laughs> uh, I've got theories on that. Well, okay. Yeah. There's so many people being attacked right now. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like every time I turn around, there's a, there's an unknown canine attack. I yes. mean, I, I, and why is that? I what mean, is this unknown canine? Yeah, that's what gets me. I mean, when we were talking earlier, and I know you have talked to someone, you said that there was a person who was attacked by a dogman. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to give names or say, what, what can you tell us about that? I don't have the full, I have the story on and I've talked to the guy about it. So I'll actually try to get him to contact you. But I will say that as a kids, they were all out. Um, it, this was, um, I guess the guy's about my age, so I'm going to say in their 20s, maybe teens, but years ago, um, they were all at like some big event, like like some uh, family gathering. And I think maybe at some point the girl had had separated herself from the rest of the group of friends. They were all together, but it was a family cookout or whatever was going on. She separated herself off from everybody and all of a sudden sudden they heard her off in the distance screaming and like you know screaming for help and they look and they see this giant wolf-like creature like mauling her it mauled her and attacked her and he was saying that um you know she still has the scars from that attack to this day she he actually said that after that incident the girl getting attacked by this particular wolf-like or dog type creature that she ended up having to go into a mental institution because of it. It drove her insane. She It drove her insane. Now, that's just one case. Um, I wanted to tell you, though, Josh, um, I found out some information behind the scenes um, on that Cock County, Tennessee situation. As far as a co- coroner report on that, um, what I've heard on that, they did... Well, you already know from what you've heard as far as the reports are concerned that the wounds were so many on the body, the lacerations were so many on that body that at the hospital they lost count or they stopped counting because it was so many. But they didn't say, and I'm sure there were bite marks too, but they didn't say so much of bite marks. They were talking more like lacerations, cuts, slashes, and the fact that it ripped that girl's arms like out of the sockets. It ripped arms out of the sockets. Now, I understand that there's large dogs and, and you know, people kind of had something to say about me, say to me on my last show, like, well, there are large breeds of dogs that can do that. And But from what I know about that, one thing I know is that there were no dogs that were put down because of that. The dogs that were found on the scene were not found with any of her flesh or that other guy who was also killed. None of their... Uh, DNA was found inside of those dogs' bodies. Now, one other thing about that, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the guy from the show, the the host of the show, uh, Abnormal Investigations, on one of his shows, and I'll send it to you, but I think maybe like 12 to 13 minutes into the video, one of the things that he brought up on that case was that, I don't know if it was DNR or the Department of something, and I can't remember what it was now, but they actually, in their report, actually wrote up that the largest bipedal canine footprints that they had ever seen, or the largest canine footprints on the scene of that crime, and basically they actually said that it was bipedal. So this is stuff that didn't make it into the news report, but it's in like the write-up of the sheriff's report, or the DNR, whatever it was, I can't remember that agency now, but they actually found bipedal footprints on the scene. Okay, so that's going to do it for the, tonight, folks. 
Tune in next Friday as we conclude this uh, exciting trilogy with uh, Bettina Moss. I don't know. Is that a trilogy? I don't know if that's what you'd call it. I guess it's three parts. Um, so tune in. And don't forget Tuesday's live stream. We can talk about the show if you want on Tuesday's live stream, whatever you want to talk about. We always have a topic, but and a lot of times we have guests that come on. Um, but if you're just listening to us on the podcast, you, you're missing out because you, Tuesday's live stream is uh, usually anywhere between two to four hours. Starts about eight o'clock on uh, Tuesdays on YouTube. It's a YouTube exclusive. You can only get it on YouTube. And don't forget to go and, and join us on Facebook groups, uh, Paranormal Roundtable, Paranormal Lounge, Paranormal Encounters, and, and many more. Um, and don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. And thank you for listening.